Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Haunted Collection with your host, writer, paranormal investigator, and haunted collector, Kevin Kane, bringing another tale of terror to your spooky evening. Welcome back for yet another episode and yet another tale of terror. Before we get started, like I normally do, I want to invite you to my website, myhaunteddolls.com. Please visit my shop and explore all the books that I have out there, both nonfiction and fiction, and of course the books about my haunted items as well. My newest book, Dark Awakening and Other Tales for a Midnight Hour is a collection of original, short, horror, and supernatural fiction that I've recently written. Please be sure to check that out. I don't think you'll be disappointed if you've been enjoying this show. And also, these books are available on Amazon, Kindle, some are on Books a Million and Barnes and & Noble, and there's even a few on audio You can find those at Audible or Amazon or even iTunes. So please be sure to look look up those. And follow the link to my YouTube channel, My Haunted Dolls, where I have videos of some of the spooky encounters and the spirit box responses I've received from some of my haunted items and in the haunted locations I've visited. Every Tuesday night, I also do a live show with Abnormal Alabama. So be sure to join us one Tuesday night where you can hear us talk about the strange and unusual. And speaking of strange and unusual, let's go ahead and get on with tonight's story. This is a creepy story I discovered in recent years, and I really enjoyed it. I hope you enjoy it too. And may the finger of chill climb up your spine as I tell it to you. It's called The Dancing Dead. Years ago in Ireland, people were afraid to leave their houses on the last night of November. They believed that, on that one night of the year, the dead would rise from their graves and go forth among the living. If you were out on that night, they said, and you heard footsteps behind you, you should not look around, because the dead were following you, and if you looked them in the eye, then you were surely die. Just off the west coast of Ireland, there is a small island that the locals call Shark Island. Though its proper name in Irish is Enos Eric. Today it is uninhabited, but many years ago, there were people who lived their whole lives on the island, and one of them was a young girl named Kathleen. One November night... 
Kathleen was on her way home. The road back to her house was long, and she was tired of walking, so she sat down to take a rest. It was a cold, dark night, and the chill night air sent a shiver down her spine. She looked around and realized she was sitting by the wall of a churchyard. In the moonlight, the headstones looked like bones. All at once, she saw a figure appear from the darkness. She had to cover her mouth to stop herself from letting out a cry of surprise. As the figure came closer, she realized it was a young boy with pale white skin. Who are you? she asked. Take a good look at me, said the boy. Don't you know me? There is something familiar about you, said Kathleen. Take another look closer, he said, stepping into the moonlight. Now do you know me? Yes, yes, I know you, she said, her voice a frightened whisper. You are young Brian, but you you were drowned last year when you went out fishing. Why are you here? Look, he said, pointing at the hill nearby. That is why I'm here. Kathleen looked and saw faint lights on the hillside, dancing like fireflies in the darkness. When she looked closer, she saw they were people, men, women, and children, dressed all in white, their faces sad and pale as a funeral shroud, all dancing to the music of unseen pipes. Kathleen looked closer and saw a girl that had died the year before, then another man she knew who had died long ago. To her horror, she recognized each and every one of them. All of the dancers, men, women, and children, were people who had died on the island as far back as she could remember. The sight chilled her to the bone. Then suddenly, the music stopped. All the ghastly pale faces turned to stare at her. They raised their arms, stretched out their bony hands, and beckoned for her to join them. Their sad faces changed, and hideous Malevolent grins spread out across their sunken cheeks. Now, said the boy, run for your life, for if they bring you into their dance, you'll never be able to leave. The terrified girl turned to flee, but at that moment the dead floated towards her and joined hands, forming a circle around her. They threw back their heads in silent laughter and stared at her with eyes that looked like they wanted to snatch her up and drag her off with them.
Kathleen stood there trembling as the laughing dead gathered around her, spinning faster and faster as they edged closer and closer. She started to grow dizzy as their pale faces became a blur of whirling white, and all at once she fainted and fell to the ground. The next morning, Kathleen woke up at home in her own bed. When she didn't return the night before, her brother had gone out searching for her. He found her lying unconscious in a stone circle on the hill and brought her home. Kathleen's family were gathered by her bedside. They could see that her face was drained of color and she was too weak to move. The poor girl was as pale and listless as the dead. They sent for the doctor, and he came as quickly as he could. He tried everything he could to save her, but it was no use. As the moon rose that night, her family were saying prayers at her bedside. When they heard the eerie sounds of faint music drifting on the breeze. Do you hear it? Kathleen asked weakly. What does it mean? Her family went to the window to see who was playing the music, but they saw nothing in the moonlight but empty, desolate fields as far as the eye could see. Just then, Kathleen sat up in bed and screamed, Mother! Mother! The dead are coming for me! They're here! They're here! Suddenly, the music stopped. And when they returned to Kathleen's bedside, they saw that the poor girl was dead. Outside in the night, nobody saw the pale, white figure of a young girl dancing away towards the moonlit hill. was a nice creepy story. Perhaps I should have saved that for Halloween. <laughs> well, every day is Halloween around here. I don't know about you, but I'm surrounded by spookiness all year long. Well, speaking of spooky, let's get on to the second story of this episode. This one I think you'll love as well. It's a nice uh, sort of creepy story about marital... Not so bliss. <laughs> and this one is spawned from an old Middle Eastern fable from years ago, decades ago even. So let's get on into the story we call 
Amina. There was a young man named Sidi Newman who came from a wealthy Muslim family. He was about to get married, but he had never met his bride. According to the customs of the time, the marriage had been arranged by his parents. In fact, he had never seen his bride's face. The custom was that a woman would keep her face hidden behind a veil until after the wedding. All he knew about her was that her name was Amina. When the wedding was over and Sidi went home with his new bride in his arms, he was quivering with anticipation. In the privacy of their bedroom, Amina removed her veil. Sidi was surprised and relieved to find that she was dazzlingly beautiful. Filled with joy, he took her in his arms and hugged her tightly. And so the honeymoon began. However, the day after the wedding, Sidi Newman and his wife were sitting at the dining room table. The servants had laid the table with a variety of delicious foods. However, while Sidi was gobbling his dinner down, he noticed that his wife was not eating a thing. As he watched, she pulled a small metallic case from her pocket and set it in front of her where she opened it. She took out a long pen and used it to daintily pick up her rice grain by grain. After only eating a few grains of rice, Amina put the pen back in its case and excused herself from the table. Over the next few days, whenever they ate together, Sidi noticed that his wife barely ate at all. Sometimes she would swallow a few crumbs of bread and then sit back, claiming she was full. Her strange behavior worried him to no end. One night, when Amina thought he was fast asleep, she slithered softly out of bed. Sidi was only pretending to be asleep when he heard his wife rising from their bed, and he became suspicious. Keeping his eyes firmly shut, he listened as she dressed quietly and crept softly out of the room. The moment she turned her back, he got up, put on his dressing gown, and followed her. Glancing out the window, he saw her leave the house and walk down the street. He ran down to the front door and followed her by the eerie light of the moon to a nearby graveyard. It was the middle of the night and the cemetery was deserted. Sidi concealed himself in the shadows 
and peered over the graveyard wall. To his surprise, Amina made her way to the center of the cemetery, where she was greeted by a strange man who was sitting on a crumbling tombstone. City was too far away to hear what they were saying. Together, Amina and the man dug up a fresh grave and uncovered the coffin. City watched in horror as they dragged out the decomposing body, cut it into several pieces, and ate it, slavering and slobbering over their sickening feast. Watching from his hiding place, City shuddered at the disgusting sight of his wife devouring the rancid flesh of a corpse. When they had finished their graveside feast, Amina and the strange man casually tossed the moldering bones back into the grave and filled it with earth. Sickened beyond belief, City fled from the cemetery. He ran back home and jumped into bed, pretending to be asleep when his wife eventually returned. Amina undressed and slipped quietly back into bed, unaware that her wretched secret had been discovered. City Newman could not sleep a wink all night, and in the morning, he left the house before Amina woke up. He went to town to consult a fortune teller and seek her advice about what he should do. He told her about his marriage to Amina, her curious eating habits, and the horrible sight he witnessed in the graveyard. Your wife is a ghoul, said the fortune teller, one of those foul demons that wander about the countryside, making their lairs in deserted buildings and springing out upon unwary travelers to eat their flesh. If they cannot find live prey, they will go to the cemeteries and feed upon the dead bodies. What can I do? Siddy begged with tears in his eyes. Please tell me. The fortune teller handed him a small bottle filled with a murky liquid. Take this and go home immediately, she said. When the time is right, throw this potion in her eyes, and then you shall see what you shall see. When City returned to the house, it was time for dinner, and his wife was there to greet him. They sat at the dining table and waited as the servants placed dishes of food in front of them. As usual... Amina produced her little metal case, took out the pen, and began picking up grains of rice one by one and placing them in her mouth. "'What's the matter, Amina?' said Sidi quietly. "'Is there something wrong with the food?' "'No, I'm just not that hungry,' she replied." 
Perhaps there is something else you would prefer to eat, said Sidi with a sly smile. After all, nothing tastes sweeter than the rotting flesh of a corpse. No sooner had he uttered those words than Amina flew into a violent rage. Her face became purple. Her eyes looked like they were going to pop out of her head, and she was gnashing her teeth in anger. She leaped across the table and furiously tried to grab at Sidi, but he was too quick for her. He opened the bottle and threw the potion in her eyes. Immediately, the lovely Amina turned black in the face. Her skin began to smoke and the flesh shriveled from her bones. Sidi watched in terror as his beautiful wife's face started melting. She fell to her knees and her body disintegrated before his very eyes. When it was over, all that was left was a puddle of thick, dark sludge where Amina had once stood. Well, that was a very pleasant story, wasn't it? Sort of reminded me of the Boohag legend and story that I shared a few years ago. This one had a nice little fleshy feel to it. So I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you'll come back next time when I return with more scary stories. Scary stories that you can tell in the dark. Until then, once again, please be sure to stop by MyHauntedDolls.com Check out the shop and the links and enjoy yourself. Until I return with another gruesome story or two, please enjoy your summer, enjoy your travels and your surroundings, but be wary of strangers. Keep those doors and windows locked. But still... Have a happy haunting. Ha <laughs> ha.